0: so um today's topic there we go today's topic is ensuring your insurance will cover you and your family in case of a natural disaster you know we just had Hurricane Ian coming come and um hit us and not necessarily hit us here where I am but um you know the people in Florida they hurricane Ian killed uh, 110 people so far. Um, and that's, uh, they haven't had that many deaths from a single hurricane since Katrina back in 2007, 2008, 2010, whenever that was. Um, so, um, that was a pretty big, pretty big, uh, natural disaster. Um, there was 110 people they're estimating somewhere between uh 60 and 75 billion dollars in insurable damage um, insured damage so um uh, making sure that you're properly covered for those um those natural disasters that come and happen is um key um let's see here come on there we go um. Oh, look, it's me. Um. So when we talk about uh, natural disasters, we're talking about earthquakes, tornadoes, floods, hurricanes, wildfires, landslides, um, extreme temperature. Um. It's actually kind of crazy. I was looking up some t- statistics the other day. Um, extreme temperature kills more people than um, on on a annual basis than most other. Um, natural disasters um so you know stuff like people losing their power um quite regularly in the Mideast with those ice storms people go without power for a week um, before they get power restored so um that's stuff to stuff to think about um the main that one of the, one of the keys for your insurance is to know your coverage right um I know that we I, like anybody that's talked to me has or, or has listened to me, like this comes up almost every time. It's know your coverage, you know, a, as much as your agent should be working to help you mitigate your risks, it's still your responsibility. And as an agent, I'm still going to do what you tell me to do, right? So I'm gonna tell you, hey, the best practice for the industry is to do this. But if you decide that you wanna do this, or you decide you want to do this, that's what we're going to go with. Yeah, Chris, what's up?
1: Yeah, a quick question. Um,
0: no, definitely ask away.
1: I it, it's I guess in regards to hurricane. Um, yes. I've seen like on some uh, quotes it says you know name storm included or name storm excluded. Uh, so my question is, is that you know I, I had one recently that said you know coverage for wind and hail. Uh, yeah. And, And I specifically asked, uh, does that include name storm? And they said, yes. So I I guess my question to you uh, is, and I got that in writing, um, is if it's not there uh, or it doesn't say specifically excluded, can we assume that name storms are included in our coverage?
0: Yes. If it doesn't specifically say in your policy that it is excluded, then then it should be included as long as there's not some, you know, fine print somewhere saying name storms are, are excluded from your policy.
1: I mean, that would concern um, me if it's buried, you know, somewhere in a 30 page document that, you know, so it's, uh, I mean, do you know if they're required to put that like on the deck page or anything like that?
0: Um, no, no, it is not required to be on the deck page. It is, so they're in your policy. There's a, a section that's exclusions. All of the exclusions are inside of that section um so um i would definitely those are there's there's two sections in your policy the exclusions and the coverages make sure to read through those really really well because every policy is different right and and every company is different and even even the same company on different properties your policies will be different um so it's, it's really important to read through those, read through your policies and make sure that you are covering what you want to cover. Um, some people, you know, they're going to say, eh, I don't need wind and hail. Guess what? Wind and hail doesn't cover flood. So if that water, if the water that comes into your house is not driven in by, by wind, it's not covered. If the, if, meaning if the water level rises from a storm surge, from groundwater, from a rogue wave, from anything, if any water from outside gets into your house, that's not driven in by wind, and you don't have flood coverage, that that's not covered. Your insurance won't pay for it. So... You know, that's that those are the types of things that you have to take into consideration when you look at that. Um, so most homework policies exclude losses from landslides, earthquakes, power failures, war government action, faulty zoning, inadequate maintenance, um, poor workmanships, and and some water damage. Like I said, if it comes in over the ground and you don't have flood coverage, you're you're kind of SOL. Um, Aaron? wind and water may be damaged, may be covered Aaron? in most regions. Yes, Brendan. What would faulty zoning be? What would an example of faulty zoning be? Uh, okay, so faulty zoning is going to be say you um say you have a property that is zoned um R one R two um residential right um and you have a third unit in there or a fourth unit or you have a um a garage on the back and it's not properly zoned um your insurance can choose to deny a claim on that property because your property is not properly zoned um and then they also have um they all there's also some exclusions that come in um, with um, I can't remember the wording for it but it it has to do with um, your local municipalities either changing your zoning because they can do that um, or or they um, what is it when they when they take your take your land and um, Oh, domain. Imminent domain. Eminent Eminent domain. domain there we go thank you so much leah um yeah imminent domain that kind of stuff is not covered under your insurance so um that's i that's usually what they're talking about with zoning um issues
1: in, i believe it's called theft
0: <laughs> well yeah that's that's a that's a that's a good conversation to have right there um <laughs> So, um, we'll move on from that wind and water damage. Um, okay, so the wind and water um, may be covered in most regions, but areas prone to hurricanes, tornadoes, floods, and earthquakes um, most of the time. So your your Gulf states, your your Southern Texases, your Louisiana's, your Georgias, Florida. Um, most insurance policies exclude wind and hail unless you specifically add it. Um, and then none of them include flood, right? So if you are and and just because you're not in a flood zone doesn't mean that you're not going to get flooded. Nine I went to a FEMA training, you know, and FEMA is really good about there, we're gonna scare the bejesus out of you and uh and so that you buy their insurance, but um 98% of every Okay, so 98% of the counties in the United States have all had floods in the last 10 years. Um, On top of that, um, the amount, so floods come in. um, If we have a wildfire, your flood... You are you are uh, it's something like eighty percent more likely to have a flood in the area where you had a wildfire, uh, flood and landslides because the the scarring on the the earth kind of hardens it and it doesn't let the water soak in, um, and so because of that you're more prone to get flooding in wildfire areas and in the last in the last thirty years. So 30 years ago, uh, the, in the early 90s, um, the average amount of wildfires, uh, acres burned annually was around 2 million acres. In 2020, it was over 10 million acres in the US burned from wildfires. So um, those, are, those are things to, to, to keep in, in mind that just because you're not in a flood zone doesn't mean that you're not going to get flooded. Literally flood maps, house on south side of the road is in a flood zone. House on north side of the road is not in a flood zone and not required to have flood insurance. But what do you think the chances are that if house on south side of the road gets flooded, the house on the north side of the road doesn't get flooded? It's probably pretty low, probably probably pretty high that the house on the north side of the road is going to get flooded as well. Um, and, um, there was, there was one other thing with that, but I can't remember right now. So it's fine. If it comes up in my mind, I'll remember it and speak it, but, um, policies often have a limit liability to a maximum of $300,000. Um, that's pretty common. There's a lot of carriers that can bump it up to $500,000 in liability on the, on just the the property inside the property policy, um, so you know it, it may be worth looking into umbrella policies depending on how many properties you have. And um, uh, yeah, Paul. Um, so the three hundred thousand dollars liability limit would be if if you feel like you need more coverage than that, um, umbrella is is a really cheap and efficient way of upping your liability coverage um umbrella's on on the cheap end um they can be as little as like 200 bucks for a million dollars in coverage in excess coverage um uh umbrella policies to answer that question for you paul um there's there's three companies that we use most of them you cannot get on your own, meaning you need to go through an agent. But there's three companies: Personal Umbrella, USLI, and um, RLI, I believe, are the three the three main ones that we use. But Allstate has an umbrella policy. Nationwide has an umbrella policy. Liberty Mutual has an umbrella policy. State Farm has an umbrella policy. Farmers has an umbrella. Almost every um national carrier has an umbrella um some of them require you to have um some or all of your covered properties with them for the umbrella to cover it some of them don't some of them will let you have a standalone umbrella with their company um uh stillwater is one of the nationals that um Will allow you to have a standalone umbrella. Most of those limit five or eight houses. Okay, yeah so so they do they everybody has different uh, rules um, for their umbrella Um, and. So I think that we put. Okay, so one thing to remember with umbrellas is the more policies that you attach to your umbrella, the more expensive your umbrella is so. Um, we did a quote the other day for a gentleman, um, and he had 22 properties or something like that. And the quote on his umbrella was um, 5,000 bucks a year. Um, I think it was a, I think it was either a five or a ten million dollar umbrella. Um, but that umbrella covered all of his properties. The it was 20, 20 something properties. Um, so some carriers do limit the amount of policies that you can attach to the umbrella some don't it just it depends on the carrier um and then another thing when you're looking at your homeowner's policies um does your coverage include additional living expenses right in the case of natural disaster um you know you're you get displaced i i don't know what the number is of people displaced from hurricane ian but it's very big um and so some of them have some of them are going to have additional living expenses and some of them aren't um and so one of the things on your personal personal homeowner stuff it's it's a cheap add-on to make sure that you have additional living expenses in case you need to find a rental or something while your primary residence is getting rebuilt um common myths FEMA will save you. FEMA won't save you. FEMA has a cap on how much money they will uh, give you. Um, And um, so in the case of like a natural disaster, a hurricane, a tornado coming through, um, FEMA has a cap on how much they will um, give you. And most of the time, all it does is pay to clean it up. It doesn't pay for repairs um, and it doesn't cover additional living expenses. Um, your landlord policies will cover lost rent as long as that is included in your landlord policies. Some people don't want to pay you know, the, the dollars a month that it costs to have lost rent in their landlord policies. Um, and so if, if a tenant ends up having to move out of one of your, one of your properties, because it got hurt, um, whether you do or don't have um, lost rent, that's a big, that's a big kicker for you guys. Um, So definitely, you know, my suggestion is if you're, if you own a property, that's anywhere even close to a, uh, an area that's prone to natural disasters, um I would definitely make sure to have lost rent in um in your coverage um water damage is not all the same like I said you've got wind driven you've got sewer backup um if the sewer backs up into your home most homeowner policies do not cover that um so you that's something to think about um Clean water, like if you have a water line break inside of your house, um, that will usually be covered um, under a standard homeowner's landlord policy. Um, But if you have a water line in your front lawn break and it gets water into the house, that's not covered because that's outside water and um, they won't cover it unless you have flood insurance. Um, Wind-driven rain. That's supposed to say not. Wind-driven rain is not considered flooding. Um, wind-driven rain is covered under your wind and hail um, coverage. So there, that's that's one of the reasons why tornadoes are so much easier to cover than your um, than flooding. Um, Brendan, what is going on with insurance in Florida? <laughs> I would love to answer that question Brandon. Florida insurance sucks basically. Um and and I've okay so there's there's two things here with all of your property casualties. You almost everyone is going to see a 10 to 15% increase in your premiums in 2023 across the board every state. Um Florida is a special case all of these insurance carriers that are still in the state um, they're having losses year after year after year. And so they're having to cover off on those losses. Um, I I've seen, I've seen jumps higher than 75%, like you're saying. um, And, um, and, and, and probably in, in the last year, there have been 17 carriers leave or become insolvent in the state of Florida. 17 carriers. Um, I, right now, I don't have a carrier that will put, well, one, there's a moratorium on, on homeowners and auto insurance in Florida, uh, which means that no one will write insurance unless it is a new policy on a new purchase. Um, if you are wanting to change insurance, if you're wanting to, um, mix things up or anything like that, you cannot get a policy right now. They, no one will write it. Um, not even citizen citizen is the state owned, um, insurance carrier. Like they're literally owned by the state of Florida. Um, they are not writing any homeowners or landlord policies right now, um, and we're trying to get into Florida. I have a couple um, outside resources for Florida. Um, Brendan, if you want to shoot me an email, um, I would love to hook you up with those those agencies. Um or, or anybody, anybody that's got any properties in Florida, um, go ahead and shoot me an email and I'll see if I can get you guys hooked up with um the the agents that we have over there. So um thank you, Liz, for posting that. Um Paul, two two of two of your companies left the state. Um, so Georgia, okay. J- just to give you just to give you guys a, a little bit here, Georgia, um, in Georgia, Allstate, one of the largest nationwide carriers, Allstate, just asked the um, commissioner of insurance for a seventy percent increase on auto insurance. Okay, um, so that means that they're you're going, they might get it, they might not, they have to be, so every insurance carrier has to be approved for the amount of increase that they want to um, increase your rates in each state. Um, and the commissioner of insurance in each state can approve or deny um, or, you know, send back a counter offer. We, you were, you're not going to get 70% this year, but we'll give you 50, right? Um, and when that happens, they do a 50% increase across the board um, for everybody who has all state in the state of Georgia. So, um, that's, that's something that we're definitely seeing. Um, and, and if you're, if you're only getting a, a 10% increase for 2023, um, you're one of the lucky ones. Um, and you probably have properties in a low risk state, like, um, Ohio or in the, in the Utah, Idaho, Nevada, um, California is an extremely high risk state. Um, that's so Florida, Florida, Louisiana, Georgia, North is it North Carolina or New Jersey? I don't remember which one I think it might be North Carolina and California are the five worst states for property casualty insurance right now they just have so many claims and they have so many like they're they're the carriers are they're trying to stay they're trying to stay solvent it's essentially what's going on they have um either too much business or not enough and they're just having too many losses inside of that state um so um and then the, the the fifth common miss is loss, loss income is covered in your business owner policy. So those of you that are business owners, that have active businesses, um, not every business owner policy has um, loss of income. Um, Paul, uh, they didn't have good reinsurance. So they do, but what happens is you can only reinsure things so many times. When you have in a, in a case, so this Hurricane Ian just barely happened. Um, one of the largest dev- one of the largest dollar costs in the last ten years. Um, you know, so your insurance insurance carriers' loss on that is going to be in the um, high sixty billion dollar range. Meaning that um, even with good reinsurance, you know, these companies aren't designed to lose sixty billion dollars in a year. Um, and so they have to spread out um, that expense, and that expense come back comes back onto us, the the people who are buying insurance, the people who are buying, you know, homeowners, landlord, auto, and everything like that. Um, Lloyd's and Swiss. So everybody uses Lloyd's and Swiss for reinsurance, but they're still only so far that they'll go. And Lloyd's and Swiss are extremely expensive. Um, if any of you guys use, uh, proper, proper insurance for your landlord stuff, you'll know proper. is very expensive. Um, they're a good company to work with. They're, they're, their claims processing, their customer service is really great, but they underwrite most of their stuff through Lloyd's. And because of that, they are 40 to 60% more expensive for the same policy across the board. Um, so I want to transition one step here because um, this is we're we're talking. We're almost out of time, actually, so we're going to just do one. basically we'll just open this up for questions um you know you never know what's going to happen so if you can cover yourself off with some life insurance it's super cheap it's super cheap for what you get um it's worth it all day long right term whole life permanent well we call it permanent life Um, because whole life is different from index from like universal life or whatever. Um,
1: so, oh, they got mixed up in orders.
0: Um, one of the key things to do if, um, for your homeowner stuff, make sure to have an inventory of your personal belongings, especially high value items, um, to make sure that that gets put on your insurance. Um, Sometimes you may need to have things appraised so that they can be put on your insurance. Um, and um, but like with jewelry, there if if it's not if it's not in your policy as a line item, um, coverage only goes up to about a thousand dollars on most policies. So, um, why don't we go ahead and open this up to some conversation? Um, some, if anybody has any other questions or anything that I can, you know, maybe give some answers for, um, yeah, we'll do that. No anyway, question. Isn't,
1: isn't it also a good idea to, I mean, I've heard, uh, you know, take your phone and kind of videotape your whole house of all your belongings. Um, therefore, you know, you've got another record of it too, just for yourself and, and frankly, for the insurance yeah.
0: company. Yeah. It, it, the I, the more documentation that you have, if you need to go in and put go in and make a claim, um, the the better off you're going to be, especially if you're working with um, carriers that have a high denial um, if if they deny a lot of claims, um, having good um, good documentation, good record keeping um, that's very, very important. Um, so somehow it got mixed up a little bit. That's okay. Um, so if nobody else has any questions, we can just quickly go through these last two slides. Um, we'll just talk a second on permanent life insurance. Um, so, you know, everybody knows the things, permanent life insurance, commercial policies covering multiple properties. What are the pros and cons? Okay. Um, so multiple, multiple properties on a single policy. Um, sometimes it makes sense. Sometimes it doesn't. There are some carriers that if you have multiple properties on a single policy, they will look at having a claim. If they have a claim on one of those properties, they, they view it as a claim on all of the properties. So instead of just Isolating it to just the one, they raise the premium on your whole policy. Um, and so you need to be really careful with that. Um, sometimes it makes sense to to bundle bundle properties together, um with uh it, it's usually when um usually it's when you get. More properties. The more properties you get, the more cost effective it is to bundle properties together onto a single property, uh, onto a single policy. Um, but there are those carriers that will um, take a make a claim against one, a claim against all. Um, so you want to watch out for that. Um, Allison, how does your company handle multiple properties on one LLC? So, usually we still, like I was saying um, about Brendan's question, um, as long as it's not too many policies, not too many properties, we still will take and put them into a single, each each property into an individual policy. It keeps some separation between them, and it allows for a little bit more versatility um, because, you know, Maybe maybe Safeco is the most economical policy in, in state X, whereas Allstate or uh, Pacific Northwest or um, uh, ASI or some other company is, is more economical in another state, right? Each company has kind of its grouping of states where it likes to pre- place business at any given time. And remember, property casualty insurance is very cyclical, meaning Allstate may be the cheapest today, but in five years, they're going to be the most expensive and you need to switch policies to to, uh, State Farm, to uh, Nationwide, to somebody else, right? So every year, it goes like this. And then in 10 years, Allstate may be the cheapest again, right? So that's why we constantly go out and shop um the the carriers um how can you find out which companies have high rate of denial so that's really easy um there's a website called am best there's a company it's called am best alpha i don't know what m is it's the letter before n alpha m best um and they rate every insurance carrier in the US um and in-house, we don't work with any carriers that have below an A rating because their claim denials are too high. They're too much of a pain in the butt to work with. And while they may be cheaper, their policies suck. So it's not always about price. Um, and, um, yeah. So I think that, uh, I think that I answered all those questions. Um, does anybody have anything else that they wanna go over real quick before we need to close out here? John Scott, if, if I wanna use a portion of a self-directed IRA, do I need an LLC? Um, so that's not a question that I'm gonna be able to answer for you, John. Um, you're gonna need to talk to um, one of the... Thank you, Liz um self-directed IRA stuff. Um there's somebody else in house that'll handle that. So, um my my expertise is insurance and that's kind of, you know, where I try I try to stay in my lane. So, um awesome. Well, I appreciate everybody's time today and all the conversation that we were able to have. Um like I said, if anybody has any questions about anything, please feel free to reach out to me, um, send me an email, um, or phone call. I'm not always great at picking up the phone, but, uh, if you leave me a voicemail, I will get back to you. So, um, and, uh, yeah, hopefully everybody has a fantastic day.